Hello, everyone. This is Wes Miller with Pigskins and Pageantry, a podcast dedicated to all things SEC football and proud member of Blue Wire Hustle. Join me, Jesse, and Matt each week as we discuss last week's games, news around the league, predictions for next week's matchups, and more. And what's up, everybody? It's Wes. After last week's uh, group of games, we had some that were blowouts and not that interesting, but we had some really odd ones as well. Um, really exciting ones and uh, some resulting in a lot of news that we have to talk about. And uh, with me to talk about it, as always, Jesse, what's going on? You know, I'm just glad I'm one of those games that while it caused some news, it wasn't terrible news. Um, just just thankful to be here. Just happy to be yeah. here. <laughs> so, so modest uh, on the outlook. I love it. <laughs> Matt, what's up, my friend? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Coming to you from God's country, as you can see. So uh, uh-huh. currently in East Tennessee, gearing up to get ready for some turkey here in a couple of days. So uh, doing pretty well. I hear you. Good times. All right. Well, um, let's go ahead and get into the, um, some of those games of last weekend. Always remember, if you ain't first, you're last. All right. These are going to go uh, out of order uh, because there were a few, um, what do we call them, uh, less competitive games? Called so, a nuke. So, <laughs> well, first of all, let's talk about Arkansas at Alabama. Uh, Bama winning this one 42 to 35. Uh, Matt getting the point in this one. Yeah, well, you know, um, there were uh, some interesting moments in this one, man, and this did not go as I expected. I mean, Arkansas played well. I mean, I've given them credit. Kendall Bryles called a great game on offense for them. Uh, Traylon Burks uh, had a good game uh, playing injured as well. Um, uh, One thing I noticed on the defensive side, though, for Arkansas is, um, you know, We've talked about Barry Odom a lot on this show and, and admired his defenses, both at Mizzou and Arkansas. Um, but a lot of times they would like rush only three or, you know, maybe four, but mostly three. And they weren't really able to get a good pass rush. And, you know, Bryce Young, I mean, he's a good quarterback. He's going to he's gonna pick you apart uh, when you give him that kind of time. Um, and so I noticed sometimes he was just standing there for like an eternity. I think one time I was sitting there just waiting for him to, you know, make a cup of coffee or whatever while he was standing back there. Um, but, uh, but still, uh, Arkansas fought hard and kept it close, a lot closer than we thought. So, Jesse, I know you have a lot of feelings about that. So what, uh, what you got? Woof. Um, <laughs> That's not woof. This is a competitive game, Jesse. You should be it was. It was. It's just woof. to go from um, – and I can, you know – Obviously, we've only lost one game, but to go from a national championship to seeing our defense in the state that it's currently in, especially after being the poster child for a defense, is a little rough. Um, but not to take away from Arkansas, I think they've come so, so far um, since getting dominated. In the last five meetings that they've had with Alabama, um, they've been beaten by an average of 34.4 points. So, Again, this is this is huge strides for them, especially to come into Brand Denny and do what they did. I think that's that just shows a lot of progress um, for their team, and and they should be really proud of that. And then, you know, their defense did very well. They held us um, to a lot less than what we would have liked. And yes, Bryce Young made some beautiful passes, but I think if 
you watched the game, you probably noticed that there were so many times that he overthrew the receivers or threw it behind them. Um, and, and we were not able to capitalize on a lot of opportunities that we should have. Also, I think I get a little bit frustrated. Um, he's just, his RPO, it just, it's like he just sits there. Um, and I know he's got a lot of time, but at the same time, I want him to make smart decisions. And there's a lot of, you know, there was one time where I think we lost 16 yards yeah. because he's just pedaling backwards. And I'm like, throw it away, throw it anywhere, run. You came in as a dual threat quarterback, run the ball. Um, and of course, every time I chastised him that he could totally hear, yeah. um, he would come back and he would make a beautiful play. So it, it's because you challenged it's frustrating. him. I, I, it was obviously me. I was coaching him the whole way. Um, so that was frustrating. I think um, for a lot of Bama fans, we just see that and we're like, make better reads. Um, and we obviously had mistakes of our own. Um, we were able to rack up 671 yards, but we also allowed 468. Uh, we lost a fumble at the goal line in the fourth. We gave up a sack. I don't even want to talk about the fake punt. Um, but our linebacker, Will Anderson, he did very well. He had 11 tackles, a sack, um, and two quarterback hurries. And so he's currently leading the nation in sacks and tackles for a loss. Um, so that's that's great. But there is one stat that I think is very important um, that I want fans of the SEC to realize. After this game, everyone was talking about how apparently the refs love Bama and we get so many calls. I mean, you kind of do. First of all, yeah. that touchdown, his left arm was down and cradling the ball. And his left arm is what hit the end zone. Secondly, in order to overturn a play, you have to have irrefutable evidence. Not irrefutable. Thirdly, all the calls that didn't go Arkansas's way that should have, that were blatantly wrong, then got reviewed and corrected. Also, um, Alabama gets more penalties per game than any other school in the SEC. And the refs across the conference suck for everybody. So if for some reason you believe that the refs are terrible for all teams and are holy grail for Bama, you are mistaken. I was and, glad to see them switch that one in the end zone because he was in the end zone by a good like two yards and they blew him short. I was like, I what? <laughs> the, the refs in our conference suck for everybody. The refs across the board suck. They're it's terrible. Also, it's also They're a big, horrible. It's also a big uh, point of contention in the NFL right now too. Is it is. It's terrible. Officiating is. What, so I don't, what is the deal? Why, why is this a thing? I don't know. We have more technology now. We should be better at this now. Well, I think that's part of the reason why they think it's so bad is because now yeah. you can go oh, back it's, and look it's at getting exposed. Yeah, you can see you it. A, but you blew a call 20 years ago. Nobody could call you on it. True. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was obvious it to everybody was, watching on TV, but you couldn't do anything about it. Right. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and then correct me if I'm wrong, but when, when they do conference championships, it's generally other conferences officiating crews that come in to officiate correct i'm not sure about the conference championship nationals i think the national championship is uh, they make sure and get like like when bama 
and Georgia played each other. I think it was a Big Ten crew. Um, I don't think cha- uh, conference championships are different crews, though. Well, no. LOL to whoever. If if you know if it's a bowl game, it gets another you know crew. Whoever gets the SEC crew, <laughs> that sucks for you. Sure. Um, and one last big, I think it's probably the most notable thing we could talk about for this game. Um, Gary Danielson said asked. He did. And then he then he went back and he asked if he said. If he could, yeah. And Brad Brad Nestler is just like, I think I'm, not, I'm not getting anywhere close to that. Yeah, he said, I think he did. And then I think he was like, I'm just going to leave that one alone or something like that. <laughs> and then Gary goes, I don't think I can say that. I was like, no. You already said it. It's Too right, late. It's time, it's time to say goodbye, Gary. It's time to say goodbye. Um, but those are the majority of my feelings. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think um, Bryce Young's kind of like feast or famine. When he holds the ball that long, either you – I don't mean like overall, but when he holds the ball that long, he's feast or famine because sometimes he'd make beautiful throws. And then, like you said, he had like the 16-yard sack that one time. And didn't that actually – I'm trying to remember. Did that take them out of field goal range or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it took field goal range. And I was just like, what are you doing? Yeah, so – I uh, just – I wonder, and I'd love to get y'all's perspective on it as like an unbiased opinion, because obviously I'm biased. Um, I admit that. But I think he has, it's clear, he has amazing talent. He broke records in the Arkansas game. His amazing talent, just gifted. And he's probably a very hard worker. But I wonder if he has the the football knowledge, like the the ability, the game manager knowledge that you need. I think of somebody like a, a, a Jake Fromm that was so good at knowing the plays and knowing how to adjust and all of that. Um, and I'm sure I could think of other quarterbacks off the top of my head, but I just wonder if he has the knowledge. Bama had a ton of game managers really we did. back in the day. I mean, Greg McElroy was fantastic at it. No, it's what yeah. we needed. Um, but I just, I'd like to get y'all's perspective on that. So I'm not going to answer because I can already tell that Matt has enough feelings for both of us. What's, what's going on? Listen, 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 listen. I'm being nitpicky. Like I feel like that. I feel like that little kid, you know, that list, Linda, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> I'm going to quote the Sopranos here and say that Jesse is like a woman with two Virginia hams in her arms crying because she doesn't have any bread. You have got to be kidding. Like, I don't understand what you're complaining about. Look at the stat line. He goes 31 for 40. He throws for almost 600 yards by himself. I was going to say, throws, he had a career he day. Throws, he throws five. He did. My, my screen's messed up my look. Threw five touchdowns. Five touchdowns. You got um, 559 yards of total offense. He's, or sorry, that's passing yards. 671 yards of total offense. And he's responsible for 80% of it. It's like it's like Madden esque stats. I know, I know. And that wasn't against some poo poo <laughs> SEC, right? You know, basement dweller defense. That's against one of the be- better defenses in the country. So I, I get it, Jesse. I understand where you're coming from, but I, I this was a game that, oh, that we, ridiculous I think we, to ask, but, but it, it is, asking, it is. What you're asking for is perfection. And I'm sorry, but Jesus Christ doesn't have any eligibility left. We don't know that. I'm pretty I mean, sure he doesn't. I think with, with the COVID year, everybody gets an extra year, though. That's, yeah, everyone so. gets an extra year. <laughs> <laughs> We've got one left. Um, 
no, you're absolutely right. It's we are in a spot that most people would kill to be in 100%. And I know I am nitpicking. It's just in those moments where you're watching, you're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And then you get so frustrated and you're yelling. And then all of a sudden it works out and it's like, I feel, I have so many conflicting emotions. I mean, I would, I I would say that I've watched him and seen, you know, um, moments or areas of weakness in his game. But honestly, I don't remember watching anyone who I didn't have something to say, you know what I mean? Like they had some kind of weakness or whatever. Um, His, I would probably liken to, um, and their speed is not the same at all, but I would liken it to like a Ben Roethlisberger Mm. where uh, obviously he's like a hundred times faster than Ben, but as far as like holding the ball, um, it's good and it's terrible. So Ben holds the ball and makes a play. Um, it's great. He'll, he'll hold the ball for way too long and then take a ridiculous sack that, you know, that's terrible. Yeah. So, um, and it's I coming from say, a Mac Jones who literally releases the ball in three point, like two, three seconds. Like actually if it's yeah. just, it's, it's out. If and I so to, it's just yeah. different. If I had to nitpick anything, it would just be that and just holding the ball long, too long. Get not not getting rid of the ball, like you said. Uh, you know, just throw it away. You know, whatever. Sometimes y'all, y'all again. I'm y'all I'm saying this as someone that's who's my, never played a down in my life, and unfortunately, sure, but, likely will not play a down. But you can you can still observe, and you know, it yeah. doesn't matter if you played or not. Uh, did you know that uh, Mike Leach never played football growing up? That oh yeah, I knew that, and that it checks out. Yeah, but I mean, all you have to do he, is understand strategy, right? Neither so. did um, yeah. neither did uh, Charlie Weiss. He when he was, okay. uh, he's another one that was a really decent coach until yeah. Notre Dame. That also um, <laughs> right never played football. That. Yeah, yeah, never played it down. All right. Well, um, from perfection to the opposite, let's talk about Florida at Mizzou. And this Mm. one was a wild one. Um, I mean, just literally down to the end. Um, So without, you know, hashing it too much on the front end, Mizzou won in overtime 24-23. I got the point. I was the only one to pick Mizzou. I, I believed <laughs> as a as a coach Drinky you picked would say. on toughness tuesday i picked on toughness tuesday i circled the wagons it it, it, <laughs> what, it wasn't about what i didn't have it was about what i did have so uh. um <clears throat> anyway um <laughs> but isn't it like just mind-blowing as like how evenly matched these two teams are <laughs> like perfectly matched when we when we first started this season i would have probably laughed at you um but it is funny though because uh, like the the fans at home were uh, were booing Connor Basilak after some sloppy drives, and then uh, you know he throws the game winning two point conversion and everybody's going an crazy. Ugly, yeah. An ugly winning it, two point conversion. It was point. ugly, and you know oh, he he throw. he barely got the ball off in time. It wasn't a pretty throw, but he was under oh. duress too. Um, but yeah, Florida it worked. Florida is just like so bad. It, like it, it's insane to see the. You know, we talk about like exponential growth. This is like an exponential decline, if you can, if that's possible. I don't know how the math works on that. But um, anyway, yeah, both both sides of the ball are like pretty terrible. And and you and I talked about this some um, earlier, talking about how like the like I know they lost the Kyles, but their offense this year has just been held together by like glue and duct tape. And you, you saw moments of it early in the season. And things kind of 
started to get unhinged until the wheels just fell off um, at this point. And, you know, granted, they're, they, they scored like 70 points against Samford, but they also uh, gave up 50-something um, and to, to an FCS school. Um, to a team they were paying to paying. play. <laughs> paying to be there. Hey, Tennessee's been there. We've played that game. It's not hey, a fun game. This, yeah, it's I mean, fun for the other it, it happens. Yeah, it's very fun. Um, and then I don't know if you guys remember, but um, last year after the, the whole debacle in their game, and Dan Mullen came out in the uh, Darth Vader costume. Well, uh, Coach Drinkwitz uh, trolled him a bit with a lightsaber of his own and pulled the hood over his head and said, may the force be with you or whatever. Um, so a little, a little shot there at Dan Mullen. And there wasn't a little shot. That was a big shot. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so in, 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 in summary, Florida has lost five straight to power five opponents. Um, and it's just been an awful look the whole time. Obviously we'll have more info about that. And if you've, unless you've been living under a rock, you know what we're talking about. Um, and speak and, and Florida, I think they kind of, I think leadership kind of hinted that they were parting ways with Mullen, but they made it official, uh, the following day. So, um, we'll talk more about that in the opinion segment, but feel free to whatever, um, Matt, let's, let's start with you this time, but what were your thoughts on this game and just kind of the overall state of things. I mean, this was, this was a sloppy game. Um, it didn't look very good top to bottom. Uh, when you look at third down conversions in particular was the stat that I, when I was going back through and looking at this, Florida went five for 18 on third down, which is atrocious. And then Missouri went three for 15 on third down, which is also atrocious. Awful, 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 awful (laughs) stat there. Um, The, the, the big thing that kind of killed Florida here, I think is, is they, they really couldn't get the ball rolling. Like offensively, how many, let's see, they had 267 yards passing 93 yards rushing. It's just, and we all know that Missouri's defense, at least over the past, you know, first 50%, 75% of the season has not been good. So that tells you about how anemic. Well, yeah, I was I was going to be a little nicer than you are, Wes. I'm just, I'm going to save the right. hate and vitriol when we talk about Coach Drinky. Um, <laughs> but this is an offense that should have been able to move the ball against Missouri, and they they didn't. Um, so yeah, definitely struggled there. Nine penalties uh, during the game for 80 yards here as well. Just Florida's in bad shape, and I don't see it getting any better with. Uh, uh, you know, they got to play Florida State next week. And then they're going to uh, – do they finish 6-6? Six and six? I don't know. I don't know if they do. They may, may finish 5-7. and seven. So weird to be at this point of the season, and the winner of that game decides who will go to a bowl game. Yeah. It's just – I don't think it's – I don't think it's – I don't – I can't remember. I'd have to go back and look at the the stats as far as that goes. But I'm pretty sure neither of those two teams have been in a situation where – they were both evenly at five right. wins, and the winner I don't, had to go to. I don't think that's ever happened. Not, I don't remember it. Not at least not recently. Mm-mm. Yeah, um, Jesse, your thoughts? I mean, this game had to go into overtime. <laughs> like, this had to go into overtime. Um, and I watched it. Obviously, the baby game had ended, so I, I got to catch the end of it. But you're watching, and you're like, "This is bad." And then you see, um, you know, you see Florida score and you're like, all right, well, Mizzou's up. And and you see Mizzou go for two, that they're going to go for two. And in that moment, everyone in my house is like, nope, I wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. Mm-mm, mm-mm, I love mm-mm. the call. 
I it's a gutsy call, but Man. I didn't have the guts to do it. That I is... did not have the guts to do it. And it worked out. But as the play is like happening, I was like, this isn't going to work out. And it wasn't. And then, it did not look. <laughs> if there had been a Florida linebacker that had been it had not been so focused on the run, they yep. should have been able to get that. Nobody stayed home on that play. That's the reason why that play worked. And that it, ball should have been picked. It should yeah. have been. And I was just like, oh, my God. And then, yeah, as soon as it was over, I was like, I think Dan's not, not going back to Gainesville. Mm-hmm. I think I think things are unwell there, um, but this is the second time that Mizzou's bowl eligible uh, under Drinky. No wild bowl eligible. That's and I don't know that Florida is going to be bowl eligible. So y'all, I know we've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. Check on your Florida friends. Yeah, just check on them, especially during the holiday season. Remind them that there is a lot to be thankful for, and just be there. You know, just be a friend. Be today. Your you're making fans. you're making a lot of assumptions that people have friends in Florida. <laughs> that's true. Um, that's I think true. That's like the third or fourth question I ask most new people when I meet them. Who do you pull for? And if the answer's Florida, I usually don't talk to them anymore. Yeah, said, I'm out. They yeah. might need somebody to talk to them now, though. <laughs> yeah, need somebody. By the way, um, did y'all see the tweet that I sent y'all about what Drinkwitz said? Um, yeah. Yes. I want to I want to talk about that for a minute if we can. Go for um, it. Because so for those of you that have not been paying attention to my Twitter, which you totally should, um, but if you haven't paid, what's the handle? Twitter, uh, it is. That's a great question, Wes. Isn't it um, like it's it's at the underscore Fortson? There we yeah, go. There you go. Um, he was on. Uh, what is this? One thousand ten XL. It's a radio station out of Jacksonville. Uh, why he was getting interviewed by them, I have no idea. And I don't know, maybe there's, now, now that I'm looking at it, maybe this, this quote's not 100% accurate, but he said, in, in the, talking about the irony of beating uh, the Gators last year, um, or beating the Gators in last year's brawl and all, he said, quote, my father was a farmer, and there's an old saying, you reap what you sow. If you sow kindness, you reap kindness. If you sow, I'm with family, so jackass. If you sow that, you reap being a jackass. So, um <laughs> That's, uh that's um see that's it's, maybe it's because it's coming from drinking and i automatically hate it and detest it i think if anybody else said that you would have loved it i i think <laughs> if mike if, mike if lane said, kiffin would have said if lane kiffin mike leach if if sam Pittman, if any of them had said that quote i'd been like oh that's great it's awesome i want to i want to put that on bumper sticker and put it on i'm the just car. surprised he said it but but the fact that drinky said it plus the antics with the may the force be with you business at the end of the game it just it strikes me as Bush League. And again, it's revenge of the nerds. Uh, that's exactly what it is. How much of a nerd is he really, though? Because he didn't he didn't even turn the lightsaber on. And you would think as a nerd, that would be the first thing you do is be like, "Ooh, what does this do? Uh, and then you're... I, I don't know. But I, I will tell you this much is it, it, it comes off as is just kind of just enough of a jerk move. I feel like maybe. Maybe I'm being ultra ultra sensitive because it's it's Drinkwitz and I can't stand him, but I, I didn't like it. I don't like it. It also just seems out of character for him. This is the man that's like circled the wagon. It's it's like he's yeah. trying to be Steve Spurrier. It's like the it's, diet nerd it, version it, of Steve I, Spurrier. I felt yeah. exactly. It was like he was forcing some right. some kind of you know His bad feelings dude. were hurt last time, and he's projecting. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the media relations people at Missouri said, you know, what would really help is if you just go in and say this. It'll be really funny. Everybody will really like it. It'll help us look good. 
and it just it just came off the wrong it did kind of look like he was playing a part as opposed to doing something that he yeah, wanted didn't it, it did it not was come natural at all that's kind uh, of that's why that's why i think somebody in in the athletic department told him hey you should do this because it'll be really funny it'll make it'll one make of the fun. players are like you'll be so talking. cool if you do this <laughs> you'll be cool and he, he okay guys. And he, oh, man. he looked at him and was like are you are you for real are you for yeah. real you'll let me sit with y'all okay i'll do it i'll do it i'll do it i'll do it <laughs> what a nerd i hate him anyway let's move on all right moving on to auburn at south carolina south carolina wow Oh, you, t- you want to talk about Wolf, Jesse? This is South Carolina I'm so beating happy for Auburn, South Carolina. twenty-one to seventeen. By the way, you're the only one to get the uh, point. I'm gonna laugh, Jesse. I pay. believe Jesse. You better be careful. I'm gonna laugh if Auburn comes back down and beats y'all this weekend. Oh no, I'm terrified. Well, yeah, here's that, the thing: is um, yeah. Auburn's kind of Auburn's blown leads for two weeks in a row. Obviously, they had that big lead that was blown against Mississippi State, and uh, now they blow a lead. Um, it was 14 points, but still a couple score lead against uh, South Carolina. Um, and uh, honestly, that so it was 14 scored in the first by Auburn, 14 scored in the second by South Carolina, and then not a whole lot of scoring at all in the second half with uh, South Carolina just able to to get enough to get the win there. So, um, yeah, I mean, but let's on the other side of the ball, let's let's celebrate South Carolina. They are bowl eligible. After winning two games last year, so um, kind of from from the depths to, uh, I mean, it's certainly a, a huge victory for that uh, for that school. Does, for sure. does this mean Beamer Ball actually works? I guess people I mean, are I, calling for him to be SEC Coach of the Year. Okay, let's not get crazy now. Let's no, not, I've let's seen not. it everywhere. I'm, no, no, I'm about. I'm almost. Not. I'm almost on that bandwagon. To be honest no, with you, no. I mean, if you want to look at from last year to this year. The and we can talk about coach of the year, or whatever we can debate that if you want or whatever. But uh, I don't know, he should definitely be in the in the conversation because he's I mean, done a lot. And I think he's done in hearing the announcers talk about the game, uh, because I caught the end of this one as well. Hearing just the attitude change in the players and the locker room change, it wasn't just the talent change of what's happening on the field, it's the locker room change and how much he is trying to invest in these guys and build a culture there because there was nothing left at all. Um, and I think he really has shown that he, he cares he's there um, and he cares about them more than just what they do on the field. And I think that has made all of the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I love his uh, kind of brutal honesty from, uh, you know, talking about, you know, the, the loss to Georgia and just being brutally honest about why that happened. Um, to the flip side of, you know, just the uh, emotion of these big wins um, against uh, against they cried. It was so sweet. against. Yeah. Against Florida and, and against uh, against Auburn. Um, so, hey, you know, I mean, I, I, I think it's great. Um, South Carolina's last bowl game was in 2018. So, you know, they're, they're happy to be back. Um, but um, as far as this game goes, Jesse, what was your thoughts on this? And, and kind of yeah, this I'll. I want to start with Auburn um, and I'll be, I'll be as nice as I can, but TJ Finley started for those that don't remember, he's the LSU transfer. Um, You know, Bo Nix is out for the rest of the season with a broken ankle that he sustained in the last game, but this was the first start for Finley um, for the team. And so he went 17 for 32 passing for 188 yards. Um, That's not great. 
uh, at least 17 for 32. Not great. Uh, he didn't throw a pick. Yeah, he didn't. Um, but you know, he missed some open receivers. They were not able to, to convert, uh, all the time. They had a, a play that was trying to convert on fourth and one in the third quarter. Um, you know, and they, they weren't really able to do that. Uh, their kicker missed a 25 yard field goal. And so I think he's the backup kicker as well. I don't think he was their starting kicker. I think their kicker also got hurt. He had like a torn ACL or something. Yeah. So it's the backup kicker and it just, they were not able to keep momentum. It's like you said, they started out on a, you know, really pushing forward and they just weren't able to sustain that. And then on South Carolina side, yeah, just a huge win for them to make a bowl game after not being in a bowl, going from a two win season last year. And I think that is, that's really special. Um, the team before Beamer took over had lost 13 of its past 16 games before he got there. So this is huge. And now the Gamecocks have beat the Tigers in back-to-back years after going 0-8 against Auburn since joining the SEC in 1992. So Something. huge yeah. weekend, huge game for South Carolina. And I know their fans are probably over the moon at this point because you look at other teams that, have been in a similar situation where they lose a coach, things are really bad, and it takes a while to to build that momentum. Yeah, Matt, your thoughts? I, uh, you know, last weekend we were in Evans, Georgia, calling a high school football game, and I was with my buddy Grant, who's a big uh, Auburn fan. And and when the game was going on, and you started to see Mississippi State climb back into it, and then finally Mississippi State pulled ahead, I remember asking, I was like, dude, what's going on? He's like, I have no idea. And then you have this happen this week with a Carolina team that, you know, has struggled. I have no idea what's going on. I have zero clue what's going on in Auburn. Um, if I, losing Bo Nix hurts, but I don't know if it hurt that bad. Um, yeah. They just, I mean, you still have Tank Bigsby and Tank Bigsby still got, um, hold on, I had the box score. 164 yards. 164 carries here. And, and just, yards. What I oh yeah, 164 carries. Hey, what, a, what a workhorse. Um, wow. Yeah, man. He is a he is a wow. uh, he yeah. played for both teams. It's <laughs> amazing. Um, so 22 carries for 164 yards. He still had a good day, but it's just Auburn just can't get nothing going. Um, and I'm not sure if that's that's a personnel thing because I don't feel like they've lost that much. Uh, you know, granted, losing your starting quarterback is never good for you. Um, but I just Auburn's in one of those situations where they can't seem to get anything going. Um, good for Carolina. I don't still don't know if Beamer is the answer, but uh, he seems to be doing better than Muschamp. Um, so I guess uh, hard to do worse. I guess uh, I don't know. That's possible. Um, we'll see how that goes. But um, but man, they got to figure out the situation in Auburn because Auburn's got a big game coming up Saturday, and that could get yeah. ugly quickly. Yeah, yeah. So um, it'd be interesting. We'll yeah, to uh, to see how things go there. Um, all right, let's talk about Vanderbilt at Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss winning this one only thirty-one to seventeen. Um, a lot closer than uh, than we would expect. Uh, Jesse got the point, and this is to show you how far off we all were. Jesse <laughs> got the point, and she picked Ole Miss forty-one to ten. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, I think as we were talking about in our, in our group text during this, uh, this game was a lot closer, obviously, than we expected. I know uh, during the game, though, I mean, they were talking about the uh, the growth of Mike Wright at the quarterback position for Vanderbilt. 
Um, I know he's had some struggles this year, uh, but um, but I, I believe that he has uh, matured a little bit. I know he didn't have any touchdowns, and I think yeah, he had the one pick in this game. Um, but uh, but still, I mean, obviously you're going against a tough SEC opponent um, there, so uh, it'll be interesting to watch and, and see his growth uh, continue. And then on the other side, uh, Matt Corral announced he would be entering the draft, so this was his last home game uh, at Ole Miss. Um, and I think that was uh, kind of a, an emotional moment for a lot of people. So um, obviously he's an integral part of that team and just kind of that whole um, community over there. Uh, Matt, let's, uh, let's start with you this time. Let's, uh, what, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, this was one of those games where I was expecting Ole Miss to run away with things fairly early and they didn't. Um, you know, Vanderbilt hung around for a good long while. Uh, they were able to get some points on the board, not a lot, but still some. Um, and I was a little shocked uh, as well. I, mean, I was expecting a blowout. I think we all were. And then we didn't get one. Instead, we got, uh, I don't want to call it a struggle win because that's, that's, I don't think you can quantify this as a struggle win. But still, um, I feel like that Ole Miss should have won by a little bit uh, larger margin. Matt Crowell had a decent game if you take away a pick. Um, you know, still threw for 300 plus yards and two touchdowns. Um, they, they, they look good. I mean, I, I hate that uh, the Matt Corral is going to be done. I was, it'd be interesting to see if he, if he had another year eligibility, if he could progress a little bit more, but I think he's a junior, right? And he a junior this year. Is he a senior? I think, this year? So. I think um, you're right, but I'm not I mean, sure. I don't think have to go back and look. Well, we, you know, we can go back and look at that at some point, but um, you know, good for him. As far as that goes, he's a junior. I just looked it up. So yeah, another year I would have been interested to see how much better he could have possibly got gotten. But again, he's probably the number one quarterback to go in this particular class. So yeah. you can't blame the kid for wanting to get paid. Um, Vanderbilt showing signs of life. Interesting. Um, I wouldn't qualify it as looking great, but you know, an improvement over a pretty good Ole Miss team. So it's we'll on the road see. too. And, mm -hmm. and not, not an easy environment to win a football game in. So mm -hmm. maybe Vanderbilt's starting to trend upward a little bit. Jesse, your hopefully, thoughts? Hopefully not too much this weekend because we got to <laughs> Right. <laughs> no, I, I got to watch this game. And um, I, I think maybe just the fourth quarter, maybe the third, I might have gotten to see the whole half. But um, it was it was a good game to watch. It was a fun game to watch. And I, I truly think that Vanderbilt could have overthrown Ole Miss. It got close during the game, but they just didn't execute properly. That's the reason. It wasn't that Ole Miss necessarily – stop them it's because Vandy had done things on their side of the ball that prohibited them from doing so but they got a late interception by picking off Matt Corral in the red zone and then they couldn't convert on it unfortunately um I believe if I'm not wrong I think they tried to go for it on fourth down it was like a fourth and one situation and they got stopped and then on their last drive that's when Wright was intercepted um when they were in the red zone again so that was tough to see but had they made those two um, you know, touchdowns as they should have, then we would have been tied up and we would have gone into OT, which would have been insane. And mm -hmm. I would have really loved to see that. But yeah, I think regardless, Vanderbilt should be proud of at least holding an explosive Ole Miss offense to only 31. And then on their side of the ball, you know, they're able to pick up 454 yards of their own. So like Matt said, I definitely think there are signs of life there. Um, and, and they should be proud and hopefully they can continue to kind of build on this and, and make some, some moves and, you know, maybe against Tennessee, maybe next season we'll see, but it definitely looks, 
<laughs> it definitely looked like they they were showing some signs of life. And also it looked like Lane Kiffin was choking back tears in his press conference uh, or his postgame interview, rather. He was red eyed and like very watery eyed and like was not looking at the camera. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I know he's pretty tight with with Matt Corral. And, and so I'm sure. I'm sure he got a little emotional because of that. So, and Matt Corral's parents were flew into the game by Brett Michaels. <laughs> yeah. I just have to say yeah, it. that was so, such yeah, we just have story. to say it. That's such a weird story. There, it's that's like strange. What Brett connection does Brett Michaels have with the you know Ole Miss? But all right, yeah, apparently yeah. he knows the parents. They're fr- like they've been friends forever or something. Like oh, that. yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It's a really weird story. But hmm. Brett so, Michaels of all people. All yeah. people. All right, well, uh, let's talk about some of these non-competitive games real quick. Um, Charleston Southern at Georgia. Georgia winning 56-7. Matt got the point in that one. Um, The only thing that I have to say about this one is uh, the big fella, Jordan Davis, got to run one in for a touchdown, and that was pretty cool. Um, That's just a large human running at, um, at the pile there. Wes, I would like so. to know what your what your standing was on uh, the big fella conducting the band after that game. Um, I thought it was thought it was pretty cool. I, he, uh, you know, obviously, I guess needs a, a few few lessons on you know conducting the band. But hey, as far as the actual moment, uh, as on senior day, um, I thought that was really cool. It's sweet, so, but if I'm his coach, I'm like, get off, get that off the ladder <laughs> now. Yes, yeah, we, we have too much looking forward. Get down that is true that is one concern there it's don't don't do that yeah that would that would not be good so good always got to be careful so um let's see uh prairie view a&m at texas a&m it just sounds it sounds funny even just saying that i don't know why like prairie view i picture like little house on the prairie or something <laughs> i don't know um well they but, had a twister come through town <laughs> well that's true um texas a&m winning this one 52 to 3 um I don't really have anything to say. I don't know if you guys do. Um, well, we knew that Texas a was going to bounce back because they just lost that last week to uh, – was that last week they lost to um, – Who did lose not, to last week? I'm not they lost, sure. Because, they lost the game last week, didn't they? Because that knocked them out of the uh, of right. the West. They lost to Ole Miss, 29 yep. That's right. So, yeah, that, that, was a, that was a pick-me-up game. Yeah kind of get them back on the straight and narrow so to speak yeah um and then new mexico state at kentucky kentucky win this one 56 to 16 um i got the point in that one um i don't really have much to say on that either uh kentucky had over 700 yards offense um so there's that um let's see uh tennessee state tigers at mississippi state who we did also discussed last year uh, Tennessee mm-hmm. State was trying to uh, trick people into coming there because <laughs> they have a they have a tiger. The T looks like an L. TSU. Yeah, and if you squint then, real hard. It looks like LSU. It's just and one. then the blue is almost like a purple. I'm like, yeah. come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it it's worked on somebody. I just love the I idea. Promise. I love the idea of some recruit getting there and being like. What, what you do the voice you did it last last week matt what is he wait a minute this isn't baton rouge where are we <laughs> i love this, it this is pikeville tennessee or wherever tennessee state is yeah it's a, right so um anyway so yeah there was that uh mississippi state getting a uh, winning big 55 to 10 and this one i got the point here um then south alabama at tennessee 
Tennessee uh, nuking them 60 to 14. Matt got the point in that one. Do you have anything to say about that one? I, there's not a lot to talk about. Um, I watched most of this game. I felt like Tennessee looked pretty good. It's, it's nice when your team does what they're supposed to do. And I felt right. like Tennessee did this. It was nice to get that 50 burger. Uh, and then it was really nice to get that 60 burger. Um, so, you know, I was pretty pleased with the performance. Uh, Hinton Hooker went 17 for 20 for 273 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, I think we held Alabama State to 61 yards of rushing, 69 yards of rushing. Um, so yeah, I felt like it was a pretty good game. They went one for 16 on third down. So defense, defense did a pretty good job there. Offense looked pretty good. Um, the big names that jumped out when I was looking at the box score and that I remembered after I went back and watched the game, uh, Velas Jones and Cedric Tillman are two really, really, really talented wide receivers, both of them getting over 100 yards, both of them having um, – uh, Velas Jones had a, had a run of 41 yards and Cedric Tillman had a run of 43 yards. So that's two big games Cedric's had back to back. So it, it, things are looking good on Rocky Top. Heupel seems to be getting uh, getting that offense trotting off. That's nice. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I was pretty pleased with it. Uh, good gear up game before we get to see uh, uh, Vanderbilt here this weekend. Yeah, they activated the Heupel drive for sure. And it was Heupel drive it was, was fully in, in, fully activated. It was great. Um, all right, next we had uh UL Monroe at LSU, and I hesitated to put this one to blowouts because it really wasn't a blowout. It was, um, I mean, it was a couple score uh win still, but LSU won this one 27 to 14. Jesse getting the points in this one. And Matt, you're talking about doing what you should against opponents. LSU definitely didn't do that. I mean, it's just not, not a good look here, and nope. continuing to be not a good look down there so you guys have anything on this one i just don't understand how they got so close on us <laughs> i just don't i don't get it it's fine you talking about lsu playing bama close yeah this it's it's like what georgia used to do all the time they'd always played whatever competition they're playing with in this yeah. case lsu is doing the same thing i think lsu's i'd have to go back and double check their scores for the year uh in fact let me pull it up because i think they've done that a couple of times where they you think they're going to blow somebody out like they did at UCLA? They lost that game. Mm -hmm. um, they blew out McNeese State. They blew out Central Michigan. They beat Mississippi State barely. Uh, they played to their competition pretty much all year. So that's fair. It, yeah. Maybe just and, Alabama. That was that aberration game where yeah, you know, Bama was. I think Bama was a little being dinged up in that game too, weren't they? Yeah. Well, also I think like at this point, Coach O's like, I don't care. Yeah, he I'm did. tired. I don't blame if, him. If, um, if you guys like don't outscore them by a lot, it doesn't matter. What are they going to do? Fire me again? Right. Yeah. And they did. Um, they did. They, they did the fake punt too, right? And I think. Yeah. I feel like that's another thing that wouldn't be tried if he wasn't just, you know, not caring at this point. Yeah. So if it hadn't worked on Alabama. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, all right. Well, that does it for the games of last week. Uh, current pick'em standings are: I've got 36, Jesse has 30, and Matt has 28. So, get 36. Oh, come on, Fortson. We've still still got a lot to go, and I'm definitely not going to relax. I'm not I'm not gloating over over that right now for sure. Um, all right, let's go ahead and talk about uh, some of the news that we've got, and uh, we've got some some interesting bits of news. Here's the news. <laughs> All right, so um, not really news because we already talked about it, I guess. But Dan Mullen was fired at Florida. 
Uh, however, there's some other interesting pieces to it. They're going to pay him $12 million not to coach Oof. in Gainesville, $6 million up front within the next 30 days, and then the remaining $6 million will be paid out in $1 million payments for the next six years. Um, so that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> As we're seeing a lot of these coaches get um, with their extensions and buyouts and all this stuff. Um, let's not forget that um, Mullen just signed an extension after last year, right? He went toe to toe with yeah. Alabama. Oh, that's right. He went, yeah, he went toe to toe with Alabama in the uh, SEC championship. Um, everything was looking pretty good for the most part. Um, and, um, and yeah, it's just kind of like we said, went downhill super fast. Um, one thing I thought was interesting is he was offered the opportunity to stay on for Florida's final game. And he declined. So he's just like, why would you? you no, I'm you're good. already out the door. Well, I think we I, already kind of found out that he had lost that locker room. I think yeah. that was the other reason why they decided to can and that's, him. So that's probably why I get it. And I don't, I get it from the sense of like a pride standpoint and like, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, give you guys any more than I have to. Uh, from the standpoint of the kids, I would think that that would be something you would want to do. But then again, if you've already lost the locker room, maybe there's no point. I don't know. Yeah. You guys have any I other think, thoughts? On I think I firing? remember seeing some stories about how a lot of the football players, like instead of going over to do the uh, the um, uh, what's it called, the alma mater, like all of them just went to the locker room, and you only had like a couple. Oh. Like I feel like that. That football program over the last couple of weeks has been kind of trending downward, and I it, and here we are. I mean, right. no one got the can, so right. Any other thoughts on that? I'm just waiting for the transfer portal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so it's they they're gonna have to. So now we're getting into like the silly season, right? Of all yeah. these ridiculous uh, scenarios, and then it's always the domino effect too, because if if so-and-so takes this one, well, then that means this job comes open and then this job comes open and it's just yep. a whole. The coaching carousel begins and the transfer portal starts getting hopping. Yeah, and, and uh, a lot of them are high-profile spots. By the way, I want to point out that I went back and looked at the performance of Florida coaches over the last couple of years. Mullen got three years, um, went 10-3 and his first season, 11-2 his second season, 8-4 and four this season. Or sorry, 8-4 and four last season. And then what are they five and six right now? So potentially yeah. five and seven, six and six, so somewhere in there. So he got four years. McElwin, who was before Mullen, got three years. Uh, he finished up with a four and seven season, and they canned him. Muschamp got four years. Finished seven and five his fourth season. He got canned. Urban Meyer and Sp Steve Spur are the only two coaches. Don't do that, Jesse. That's not appropriate. Um, <laughs> Urban His behavior Meyer. is not appropriate. Oh, <laughs> oh, that was a good one. If you if you take Urban Meyer and Steve Spurrier out of the equation, their coaches have not gotten a lot of time. Like for example, Ron Zook got to go all the way back to the beginning of the millennium. Got three years. Uh, Galen Hall got five years at Florida in the eighties. Charlie Pell got six years in the eighties. Doug Dickey got I think he's the one exception. I think he got like ten years. Nineteen. He got eight years in the seventies. Um, so this is a Florida a football program that is not given their coaches a lot of time to work uh, over the last 25, 30 years. Um, again, the Spurrier effect in the 90s and then the Urban Meyer business right. in the uh, in the mid aughts kind of threw a lot of this stuff off. Um, and I and I think, again, a lot of this has to do with the Saban effect that we've been talking about since 
you know, 2012, 2013, whenever we started running into that problem of if you're not Nick Saban, you're getting canned after three years. Um, I didn't, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily disagree with the firing uh, because if you've lost the locker room, if you've lost, that's um, it. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you, that's that's the big part. If you've lost the that's locker room, and then when you're saying things like, "Well, we'll worry about recruiting when we get to recruiting," that's usually an indication things are going the wrong way. When well, you're um, recruiting in the off season, like, coach, yeah, there is no off season yeah, there for is recruiting. No off season, yeah, for recruiting. that's year round. Um, I don't know, and like I said, I don't know if I agree with the firing, but it is what it is. Now Florida is going to have to play the game of, well, who can we go get? Who's going to actually be able, you know, who's going to want to take this job? Because this is, they haven't been. Uh, they have not been 2015 was last. No, I'm sorry. Mullen went 10 and three his first season. Um, but you know, they haven't, they haven't been like in the national title picture since 2012, yeah. 2012. And then prior yeah, to that, 2008, 2006. So, yeah. so basically, uh, unless your name is Spurrier or Meyer, that's exactly not, right. You're not getting a lot of time. Yeah, and let's remember so, that this is a football program that before Steve Spurrier never won the conference and was not super competitive. Um, Florida used to be, uh, you know, analogous to like Mississippi State or one of those other kind of mid-tier teams. It was Spurrier that made them elite. Um, and it was Urban Meyer that gave them that second jolt after Ron Zook got fired. Um, and then in Meyer, there was a lot of fuzzy stuff going on there, but we won't get into all that business. Um, so I, I hate to say this Florida fans and you're probably going to hate me for it. I don't, I don't, I don't see it happening again. What are the chances you get another Spurrier or another Meyer? Pretty slim, I think. Especially given, especially given with the market, given with the way, um, especially with programs that are built the way they are, just, it's oof. I wouldn't want to be a head coach walking into the situation in Florida. Right. We were having a good laugh about that, um, about that team under Meyer. At one of my kids' practices, we were all sitting around parents, and we were talking about this old Florida teams. And we are like, how, how did that even happen with, uh, you know, um, some of those teams under Meyer where you basically have, like, the equivalent of, like, a pastor on the team. Um, you have a murderer on the team. Um, what? There's like a who? Who was uh, somebody else who had like legal troubles? And I can't. Their name escaped. I think me it now. was Brandon Spike. Yeah, Spike. Yeah, yeah, he had a domestic abuse charge at one yeah. point, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. So you had all he these. He also tried to gouge a guy's eye out during yeah. a game. That was, yeah. a, Georgia it was a Georgia game. game. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. we were there, weren't we? We it, were there. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was wow. That was that 08 team, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Because that was, hold on, I'm pulling up. First game back for Tebow after his concussion against Kentucky when he beat Herschel Walker's record, rushing record. Right. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was, that was a, that team was a a perfect storm of something. It wasn't it because it's like, I don't know what, but it was something. And it it worked. You had all these crazy different personalities, like we said, that just would not have gone together in real life but somehow came together to make a great team. Um, Wild. Um, But I think Matt hit on an important thing when it, when you look at the record of a coach and it's still a decent record for the years that they've been there. But when you lose the locker room, 
that's you, not something that's easily corrected. You can't recover. It's just not there. Yeah. There's no, there's no two a day practice. That's going to fix that. There's no nutrition plan or strength and conditioning that fixes that. Uh, because once they're gone, they're gone. And if, if that locker room's not there, then the recruiting is not going to be there. And it's just mm-hmm. this cycle that happens. And I think that's, that's the big thing. Um, and I think that's also, like you guys said, that's why he doesn't want to coach the last game. And if he lost the locker room, if he lost the players, I guarantee he lost the athletic department and the boosters. Yeah. yeah. And isn't that an interesting, um, intangible, um, could, because there's, in some of these instances, there are successes that you could point to, like, you know, on the resume, but well, what about this? Or what about this year? And, and look at the success that we've had in the past. They're like, yeah, well, that's fine. But it's, it is weird. Like you said, like once you've kind of crossed that line, um, it's like, there's no going back. You, I mean, think of someone, and I don't have his record up in front of me, but think of someone like Mark Richt. Everyone was, was so frustrated with his records and stuff, but his locker room loved him right as a person True. Um, he, had his own, he had his own little share of of discipline issues there too like there, discipline were a lot issues. Of, there were a lot of accusations that he wasn't running that locker room like he should have yeah oh no yeah. he had discipline accusations but that might be why the kids loved him because they didn't get disciplined but yeah. um the the locker room i think the players really loved him as a person and you're able to kind of overlook some things or not even just overlooked because his record wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mark Rick genuinely loved his players. And I think that came back did. to bite him sometimes. I think he yeah. might've been a little too lenient at times. Because yeah. That, I mean, well, but. we've, you know, we've all talked to Jack Jackson on here and coach Rick was the reason he wanted to play mm-hmm. at Georgia. Um, and, and he just, he has glowing reviews of who he is as a human being. And I think, you know, I interviewed him one time. Uh, at the start, it was my first ever like internship here in Middle Georgia, and he was just as lovely as he could be. And Coach uh, Coach Johnson, he was at Georgia Tech at the time, was just as gruff oh, and like Paul awful as he could be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think the intangible of the locker room and, and the attitude the players have towards you, there's not much you can do about that. Right. By the way, I went back and looked at the 2008 BCS National Championship team that Florida had that year. So you, here's a couple of names that jump off the page. Brandon Spikes, who we obviously just talked about, um, was their starting Mike linebacker. Uh, uh, Janoris Jenkins, you remember him and his whole deal? He was the one that they um, – he got dismissed from the Gators in 2011 because he had been arrested for a second drug-related charge in three months. That's right. Um, he was also the one that they found a dead body in his in the basement of his house. Oh, uh, that'll do it. In, in 2018, um, that'll do it. I think Percy Harvin was on that that team. So was Marquise Pouncey. Yeah. I don't remember exactly, but I seem to remember there being some controversy around those. Names. I remember their names. And then obviously Aaron Hernandez, who also was in on that mix. And then you have yeah. Tim Tebow. Um, yeah, isn't it just a weird a weird group <laughs> together? I won't, I won't go. That's started. the weirdest sandwich you could ever make. Yeah, I, won't, I won't get started on my Tim Tebow tirade because if I start, I won't stop. Anyway, let's move on. All right. Well, um, we have a, a little bit more to say in the opinion segment, but uh, let's go ahead and talk about CFP rankings, which uh, just dropped um, about an hour ago. Um, the, uh, the, the newest rankings are number one, Georgia, number two, Ohio State, uh, jumping up to number two. 
number three, Alabama, number four, Cincinnati, getting inside that top four. And then number five, Michigan, number six, Notre Dame, number seven, Oklahoma State, number eight, Baylor, number nine, Ole Miss, number 10, Oklahoma. And then uh, the rest of the SEC teams in the top 25 being number 15, uh, Texas A&M, and number 25, Arkansas. All right, do you guys have any, uh, any quick takes on the latest rankings? We'll see if Cincinnati stays at four after rivalry. Rivalry. It's a week. tough word. Uh, la, 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 la. It's like rural. Rivalry week. <laughs> yep. Rivalry week. Yeah, and the, and the week at the end kind of makes it even more of a, a, a rivalry week. Um, <laughs> Matt? Uh, yeah. Look, here's the fact. Cincinnati's going to be in there until they give them a reason not to. If Cincinnati continues to win out like they're like they should, if they're an elite team, then then this should be a moot point and we should be worried about, you know, what they what that matchup's going to look like for Georgia in the first round of the CFP. However, what I think is probably going to happen is Georgia and Bama are going to meet in the SEC Championship. Bama, Georgia, one of the if Bama loses that game, they're out of contention completely. Georgia, I think, could stay in the top four even with a one loss to Bama. I think they'd be at yeah. four. It's I very mean, likely. I think their their percentage. I think their their ESPN FPI or whatever the predictor is is like ninety eight or ninety nine percent chance to make the playoff right now, just because of that. Ohio State and Michigan is going to be interesting because if Ohio State loses to Michigan and Michigan jumps them. I could see Michigan jumping in to that three spot. Alabama would move up to two. Cincinnati would still stick at four, I think. But here's the thing. I think if Cincinnati struggles in any stretch of the imagination, whether it's this week or in the, um, was it Conference USA they're in? I, I forget. What yeah, whatever they whatever their conference championship the, is. Whatever rink-a-dink conference they're in. Anyway. If they struggle in their conference championship game, I can completely see a Notre Dame team sneaking into the playoff. I could see it. I could totally see it. Even with the loss to Cincinnati, I could still see – I could see Georgia – let's say Michigan beats Ohio State. So Georgia, Bama. But then even then after the SEC championship game, that's got to work its way out. So Notre Notre Dame could still sneak in there regardless. Poor, poor Cincy. I just think they don't have a chance. I think I think they're going to get either. jumped by somebody. The committee showed last year they got no respect for the out of outside the the group of whatever what the group of five, or you know they're not worried about those 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 non traditional powers. Because they, if it's going to be, it's either going to be Michigan or Ohio State, regardless of how that. So however that works out, it'll probably be one of them. Um, and then um, I think if Oklahoma State, if Oklahoma State wins out and wins the Big 12, I think they jump in, no question. Um, I think if, right. if Cincinnati's okay. four, they're, they're, they don't have a, a chance of staying there, I don't think. So, um, yeah. Um, any other thoughts well, on the rankings? Baylor's in that mix, too, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, well, they're number eight, yeah. Because the I'm looking at the Big 12 standings right now, and right now Oklahoma is seven one in the conference. They're on top. Oklahoma State seven one in the conference. They're tied with them. Right. Baylor has two conference losses. So if Bate, I, I don't think I don't know if a two loss. I don't. I don't, I don't think in a two conference loss. loss. 
Yeah, definitely not. They're ranked, they're ranked ahead of Oklahoma State in the uh, – oh, no, they're not. They're right behind them. I'm sorry. So, yeah, Oklahoma State plays that. Oklahoma this weekend, and then I don't know how the – how the um, how that'll work for the Big Twelve? Did they play a championship game? Um, I thought they did, unless uh, I'm not sure. To be honest with you, they they, they have. Um, I don't know about this year. Um, but anyway, yeah, I don't I don't think since he's going to survive, um, I think that they'll get jumped um, at some point. So. Um, it is what it is. They'll be in the Big 12 in a couple of years and they can make that claim. So there we go. Good luck to you. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. The next date is um, Saturday, December 4th, 2021 for the Big 12 championship game. So, so what do they do? Take the top two? Because they between don't the best division. and the second best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So Oklahoma, Oklahoma State played this weekend. Let's say Oklahoma State wins. Does that mean it's Baylor, Oklahoma State that next week? Um, I, I think so. Looking at the standings, because Baylor beat Oklahoma, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. So then you would be looking, oh, then at, yeah. and then you would have mass chaos if Baylor beats Oklahoma State in the Big Twelve championship. Yeah, I think so, if that's the if that's the case, there's no Big Twelve team. They not they knock each yeah, other out. Probably, I think probably not. But do yeah. you don't do you take the Big Twelve champion over Notre Dame and Cincinnati? Um. Yeah, I mean, so you the, probably not, the you're committee probably not have... would not take them. The committee would take Notre no. Dame. They love, Notre Dame. Yeah, they love Notre Dame. They love Notre Dame. That is true, but they also don't have many. I don't think they're going to have many slots to fill, though. I mean, you're probably you're going to yeah. have um, at least two that are locks. You're going to have if Bama. Okay, if Bama beats Georgia, there's going to be three locks. Basically, three lock slots. Yeah. Oh my god. So let's just go to an 18 playoff and call it a day. Yeah, go, go to eight teams. You, Georgia plays Baylor in the first round. Ohio State plays Oklahoma State in the first round. Bama plays Notre Dame. Let's just let's go to eight teams and call or 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 you don't even have to go to eight teams. Give the first Six. two teams a bye, first round bye, and then reseed and play three through eight, and then just stick them in as you go. I don't see why the why we have to make it complicated. Just let them play football. Yeah, no. If you need to cut a couple games from the regular season, that's fine. Everybody we've, usually has one or two crank up games. Let's just get rid of those. We've talked about this plenty. You got no argument from me. <laughs> nope, I'm so. on board. I think the only people that aren't on board are the people that are uh, connected to the committee. Pro- probably. Yeah. And I don't understand their logic behind it. I don't know why anybody would and be it, against more good football. And it's not money because you would make so much no. money. No, the television of rights by themselves would pay for everything. Yeah. Oh, it'd be um, so good. It'd be so good. Yeah. All right, well, um, let's go ahead and get into uh, our opinion segment. Sir, if I may venture an opinion. I'm not really interested in your opinion, 3PL. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, so the opinion this week is, uh, is the SEC the most dysfunctional conference in the country? And by by that, I mean, yes, the SEC is dominant, but the SEC could also be considered to be dysfunctional as well. Example, uh, Gene Chizik won a national championship. Two years later, gone. Ed Orgeron won a national championship. Not even two years later, gone. Dan Mullen led the team to three New Year's Six Bowls. Three of them. He's only been there four years. This is his fourth year. He's led them to three New Year's Six Bowls. And the only Gator coaches with better winning percentages 
are the people we talked about previously, Spurrier and Meyer. So that, that's that's it. <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys think? Are, are, are we dysfunctional? Are we the most dysfunctional conference in, in terms of how we treat our coaches? Probably. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of if you've ever had like a guy or a girl that you know that like you're friends with and every time you talk to them, you're like, well, how did date number four go? And they're like, didn't like the way you chewed or I couldn't, I, I couldn't stand the way she sneezed. Couldn't do it. I can't, I can't do it. And he's like, what? You wait, what? what? <laughs> and you have no idea. You're like, you can get over that. And it's like, you can't do it. I hate the way she sneezes. I can't do it. I won't, I won't, I won't date her. Yeah. It, it just, it's kind of silly. Um, but when you, you know, you read out the stats like that about, uh, you know, Chizik, um, you read out the stats about Ogeron and, um, and now with Mullen, it is kind of strange. Cause if you look at other conferences and you see where their coaches are and win loss records and, you know, ability to go to good bowl games or to even new Year's six bowls, it's just, it's, it is kind of funny. I think it, it goes back to what we say, right? Like it's Saban or whoever you want to talk about, but it, I mean, for the most part, it's Nick Saban. Um, it, if you're not doing that, they, they are going, they're going to try to find somebody that is, but the secret is that's never going to happen again. <laughs> Just right. like with LSU, Coach Orgeron, that team was never going to happen again. It was the perfect storm. It was never going to happen again. Um, and I think just as a conference, we really need to start to come to a place of acceptance and, and really work through this. Some, some self-evaluation we is need needed. To. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Matt, what do you think? I completely agree. I think we're very dysfunctional. I went and found a, I dug up a Saturday down South article that kind of runs down who's gotten fired since Saban left. And let's just listen to some of the names on here. And I'm going to tell you what their win loss record is. And that'll kind of give you an indication of what we're talking about. Replace after 2007 season, Houston nut at Arkansas, 75 and 48. I think we all remember when Arkansas was pretty good under Houston. Yeah. Nutt, did pretty good. Um, uh, Tommy Tuberville was an institution at Auburn. Mm-hmm. Went 85 and 40, and they canned him. At, now uh, a senator. Now, now he's a senator. senator. <laughs> let's, not, let's not talk about that. Um, Fulmer, obviously, is the other big one there. Uh, 152 and 52 in his years at Tennessee, and they canned him uh, in 2008. Um, uh, let's see. What's another couple of names on here that jump off the page at us? There was one more in here. Uh, Bobby Petrino went 34 and 17, but there was some off the field stuff that went on. <laughs> I was gonna say, eh. so, so there's a little bit of stuff going on there, so you can't really do that. Gene Chizik, obviously, is the other example of one that had some success that they ran off because he had a bad year. Um, uh, let's see, Mark Richt is also another one that Georgia ran off, even though he had lots of success. Uh, and I probably Wes would disagree with me on that, but understand that's part of it. He was also Here, there a really, really long time too. Yeah, 2001 so, to 2015, so 14 Yeah, years he was there a while. Um, another name that we've probably forgotten about is Gary Pinkle. Do you all remember him? Mm-hmm. He was the head coach at Missouri. He went 118-73 oh. at Missouri. He was there from 2001-2015. He had a health issue that came up. That's part of the reason why he left. But again, right. shows you that, that that's part of the reason. And then the other one is – you know, less miles, you know, in 100, 114 and 34 at, at LSU. 
and then he got yeah. canned. So, yeah, I think uh, I think we're a bit dysfunctional. Um, <laughs> I think that a lot of that has to do with Nick Saban. I think a lot of that has to do with the media. Um, yeah. Not not to sound like uh, I almost sound like we're talking politics here. Uh, I hate to blame the media for things, but I think that's it's kind of ramped up in its intensity um, by the media and by other people. Um, if you go, if we operated now, if we took our system now of the SEC and we worked like that, you know, 40, 50, 60 years ago, people like, you know, Bobby Bowden would have gotten fired after four seasons. Um, Vince Dooley would have gotten fired after, I think, his six seasons. The first yeah, Dooley struggled. Yeah. Dooley struggled multiple years. Um, there's probably a couple more in there that if you go back and look at those great coaches uh, that have a couple bad years strung together, they probably would have got canned. So, the, but that's also part of the reason why the conference has gotten so much more intense uh, over the past 15 years is because there's all this pressure to win now, win now, win now, win now. We got to win national championships. So, right. But it's well, not just us. It's other conferences as well. Cause you see that at like the USC's and you see that at Ohio state, you see that does seem to be Texas the bigger one. Another one. Yeah. Um, yeah. These perennial blue blood powers that when they have a little bit of struggle, well, we, we can, it will bring in the new hot new coach that can fix things. So they don't give you a lot of time if you're a head coach anymore. And but, isn't it you know, weird though? It seems like a lot of those are tied to the biggest money too. Yeah. yeah. And I think the reason that is, is because they feel like they've got the money to throw around where if it doesn't work out, well, I'm just going to throw around a bunch of money and get them out of here and get somebody else. And it's just like a perpetual cycle after a while. But I, I yeah. think about a lot of these coaches in like um, uh, the Big Ten or Big 12 or whatever who have been coaching there for like 30 years. And like you said, uh, for some of them, they're like an institution there. And, not, you know, they might not have won a, a national title but they play winning football for the most part. And, uh, and they're just sort of a, a, a fixture around the, around the campus, you know? <laughs> um, well, if we keep this up, there's going to be a time where we won't have those institutions, you know, of people like we'll, we'll kind of run out of those because at some point everyone's going to get to a point where like, they they don't have that like undefeated coach for mm -hmm. six years in a row or whatever it is and right in the godforsaken day that Nick Saban retires like we're gonna be down and and you're gonna you're you're not gonna have that coach that's been there for over a decade so it's a uh, it's an interesting precedent precedent that we have started mm -hmm. in our conference and in other I think conferences. I think another thing that comes into it is um, the money that these coaches are getting paid too, mm -hmm. which has a lot to do uh, a lot uh, from um, what's his name? Um, the agent, uh, Jimmy Sexton, I think is his name. Mm -hmm. Who's the main agent for like all of these big name coaches. Like he's, he's the main guy for them. And he's the it's one. It's just funny you don't see it across other sports either. But he's the one who's, uh, you know, uh, knocking on people's doors, you know, saying, Hey, uh, my guy just, uh, you know, I think he was Mullen's agent. Um, uh, he was, you know, hey, my guy just got this big, big, uh, big win or or he just, uh, you know, held his own against Alabama in the SEC championship. He deserves an extension. And because they just listen or because they're afraid of something, I don't know. They just do it. Well, look at look at old, uh, Penn State. They just signed James Franklin to a 10 year contract. Yeah. I didn't look years. to see who his agent is, but it wouldn't surprise me. 10 years they sign him to and, and yeah. nothing against James Franklin. He's done a good job at Penn state, but 
do you really want to be locked into a football coach for 10 years? I was surprised. I thought he was going to not, not him. I thought he had basically already taken another job and um, we're going to hear about that. But, uh, but yeah, then, then that news came out. So I don't know. I know a lot of fans up there at Penn state weren't even too thrilled with him lately because they felt like his mind was elsewhere too. And, uh, it seemed as as much during his press conferences. He was like talking yeah. about the wrong teams and the wrong weeks, and like, coach, do you even know who we're playing this week? Um, yeah. So I don't know, but uh, but yeah, I would agree. I think we're I think we're a bit dysfunctional. So um, you can't have fun without dysfunction. That's that's true. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, um, let's go ahead and talk about this week's matchups. And uh, yes this week being rivalry week so ladies and gentlemen uh, let's get ready to rumble all right we're really getting into the fun part of the season and that's where things are really heating up and uh the uh rivalry week is one of the best ones to uh uh to uh, talk about that kind of stuff and old miss at mississippi state is the egg bowl as, uh, as we've talked about, and um, Ole Miss being nine and two, five and two in the conference, Mississippi State seven and four, four and three in the conference. That's on Thanksgiving Day at 7 30 uh, on ESPN uh, Eastern Time. Uh, for these teams, their first meeting was in 1901. The all time leader uh, is Ole Miss at uh, 63, 45, and six, and their trophy is the golden egg. As the uh, football that um, resembled an egg so anyway so um yeah this is going to be an interesting one i think i think vegas has old miss in this one or no no no. actually i think they do have mississippi state i think they do yeah, mississippi state's favored by 1.8 right yeah it's, so they're they're expecting it to be super close uh, i've gone with mississippi state 31 to 30 jesse i'm gonna go against vegas and i'm gonna pick old miss um, and I'm picking them 31 to 28. All right, Matt. Yeah, I think this is going to be the exclamation point to the season for Miss for uh, Mike Leach. I think Mississippi State gets the win here. I think it'll come late. Um, so I'm going to say Mississippi State wins this thing 38-35. All right. All right. Next we have uh, Mizzou versus Arkansas. That is the battle line rivalry. Uh, Mizzou being six and five, three and four in the conference, and Arkansas seven and four, three and four in the conference. Um, that's on Friday, November the 26th at 3.30 on CBS. Uh, the first meeting for these teams came in 1906. The all-time leader is Missouri um, at nine and three. So obviously they haven't played each other um, uh, all too all too much, but um, but uh, they have played obviously, especially since. Uh, uh, since Mizzou came into the conference. Um, the uh, trophy is the Battle Line Trophy, which debuted in 2015. Um, it's one of those kind of like the, you know, the boot, the golden boot. It's very similar to that trophy with the silhouette, silhouettes of the states fused together. Um, yeah, so um, I think Arkansas um, does well in this one. Um, I was pleased with the way – so. Um, my main reason of picking um, – obviously, I was going to pick Bama anyway, but the way Arkansas looked, especially at Georgia this year, when they went into a hostile environment, 
I expected them to kind of do the same thing at Bryant Denny, just sort of, you know, crumble. And they didn't. Um, and um, I expect them to kind of uh, continue their um, improvement. Um, obviously, this one is at home. Um, but uh, I, I, I don't know. Arkansas is doing well, and I think they continue to do well. I got them winning 38-24. Jesse? Yeah, after this weekend, I have to go with the Razorbacks as well. So I am picking Arkansas 31 to 21. Matt? Yeah, I, I like Arkansas this matchup, 28-10. All right, next we have Georgia at 11-0 at Georgia Tech, 3-8. and And this one is known as clean old-fashioned hate. Um, and that's Saturday at noon on ABC. Uh, first meeting between these teams was in 1893. Um, and the all-time leader is Georgia with uh, 68, 41, and 5. Um, yeah, I mean, Tech is still kind of in the middle of kind of their rebuild or figuring out their identity as a team. Um, and, uh, yeah, this one should be not close. I'm going with Georgia 45-10. Jesse? Yeah, I'm going to pick UGA, obviously. 42 to 10. If I could hire some NFL players to help out tech, I would. Matt? Listen, I live in Georgia. Uh, so I, I kind of feel for Georgia Tech fans because they have to deal with the crap that any non-UGA fan has to deal with as well. Georgia Tech fans actually get it really badly here, uh, especially compared to like Tennessee fans. Like Georgia Tech fans don't want to have anything to hang their hat on as far as that goes. So and I don't see any difference here. Um, I can't, when was the last time Georgia Tech won? Like 2012, 20, 2011? It's um, been a minute. I want to say it's been since then, but it's well, been a little bit. If you're a Tech fan, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. Yeah, Georgia's going to roll in this thing because so, Tech has not had a good season. They have not looked good. So I'm going to say UGA wins 52 to 10. 52 to 10. All righty. Um, next. We have Florida State at Florida, both these, these teams five and six, this game known as the Sunshine Showdown. And that is noon on ESPN. The first meeting between these teams was 1958. All-time leader um, is Florida. Um, they are 36 and 26 and two. Um, and then the uh, trophy is the Makala Trophy, uh, which is a nice wood carving of a Seminole Indian and a gator facing off. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. It looks pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I got, I have no idea to be honest with you. Both of these teams just like trying to figure stuff out. Um, I think that maybe Florida state is a little bit more resurgent in getting back. Maybe I'm going to go with them 31 to 28. What you got, Jesse? I have no confidence in the Gators, unfortunately, especially knowing that their head coach is not even going to be in attendance. I mean, he's fired, but you know, they don't even have a head coach at this point. So I'm going to go with FSU 28 to 21. Um, and just a fun fact, I looked it up. The last time that Tech beat UGA was 2016. Mm -hmm. I knew it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. It's been a minute. Um, as far as this game goes, I, I, y'all are leaning towards the Florida is going to lose this because they don't have a head coach. I think Mullen being out of the picture is going to get them a little bit more focused. Um, I, I think that I don't remember who they named as their interim coach, but I think they're going to be able to get special up teams coach. Yeah. Um, and Florida state has not had the best season. They're five and six right now. They've got losses to Notre Dame. Uh, who's, who even is that Jacksonville state wake forest losses to Louisville losses to Clemson NC state. They've won their last two. 
against Miami and Boston College. But um, I don't think I think I think Florida's got enough talent to pull this off. So I'm going to say Florida wins this thing, 21-20. All righty. And then completely wrong. But I got to make some moves, guys. Yeah, I'm yeah. too far behind in the standings. I got to, <laughs> I got to take some risks. I got to gamble you. a little bit. No, it makes perfect sense. Um, all right, and now we have Alabama, ten and one, six and one in the conference at Auburn, six and five, three and four in the conference. The Iron Bowl, three thirty on CBS. The first meeting between these teams was eighteen ninety three. All time leader Alabama, forty seven, thirty seven and one. And the trophy is a mouthful. <laughs> This is the James E. Foy VODK Sportsmanship Trophy, or more commonly known as the Foy ODK Sportsmanship Trophy. Actually oh, that makes nice, that easier. It's a pretty nice, uh, pretty nice looking trophy. Actually, it just has a really long name. It was first mm-hmm. awarded in 1948. So, um, I think Bama wins, but they don't cover the spread, which I forget what it was. I think it was maybe by three scores, maybe I don't know. Um, but they don't cover the spread because it's uh, Jordan here. So I got Bama winning this one 35 to 21. Jesse? I don't like playing in Jordan hair. I don't like it one bit. You should. I don't like it. I don't trust it. I don't <laughs> like it. I'm, a, I'm, this sounds bad, but I'm happy Bo Nix is not there. Just to be completely honest, I wish him a, a good recovery. I wish him well. I'm just glad he's not there. Um, I'm still going to pick Alabama 31 to 24. I agree with Wes. I just don't know after our, outing against arkansas if we are gonna gonna cover um i don't wow. think that we are so jesse if it's 31 to 24 i hope you have some fingernails left by the end of the game so i'm gonna if i haven't puked <laughs> it's gonna be a good day <laughs> matt what do you uh, have again jesse's jumping at shadows here um <laughs> auburn has not looked good in the last two games um they are a team that is definitely on the decline at the moment and yes, I know the or- the Orange Bowl. Yes, I know the Iron Bowl uh, tends to make everybody refocus. Everybody kind of walks in zero and zero. Uh, but Bama is the better team. Bama is better coached. As much as it pains me to say that, Bama has the better talent. So I'm going to say Bama wins this thing forty two twenty eight. Matt, I am, I am praying you you are right. I, I hope I'm wrong. Up that I, I want Auburn to win Take this it. thing just for the chaos of it, and I and I enjoy watching Nick Saban lose football games. I haven't got to enjoy that very much the last twenty five years. But look, <laughs> um, I I don't I don't I would love that, but it's not going to happen. I don't foresee Auburn winning this ball game. I don't see for Auburn being very competitive. I in fact I think that twenty eight. I think those last probably. That last touchdown, the last two may come in garbage time. Gotcha. I would be so happy. <laughs> um, I, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, we'll see. We, we were doing you, so well, Matt. Yeah. Um, all right, next we have Vanderbilt at 2-9, and 0-7 oh in the conference. At Tennessee, 6-5, and 3-4 and four in the conference. Um, this one doesn't have a name that I found. It's uh, 345. Because it's, it's not, never been competitive. It doesn't need a name. <laughs> 345 on SEC Network. First meeting between these teams is 1892. All-time leader, to your point, Matt, Tennessee leads 77-33-5. and five. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, this one's not going to be close either. Uh, Tennessee wins this one big, 45-17. to 17. Jesse? Yeah, poor Vandy. Uh, they had some stuff to build on, but I don't think it's going to get built by this weekend. So I'm picking the balls, 38-17. to 17. 
Heupel's going to do his best Ivan Drago impression to go, I must break you. So that's exactly what Tennessee is going to do here. So 45-20 is the final score. Nice. By the way, that last touchdown that Vanderbilt gets will come in garbage time. Will come in garbage time. All right. I'll, I'll be watching. I'll be waiting for it. So, um, all right. Next is uh, Texas A&M at 8-3, 4-3 and three, and three in the conference at LSU, 5-6, and 2-5 and five in the conference. That is 7 uh, PM on ESPN. First meeting between these teams is 1899. All time leader is LSU uh, with 34 wins um, and uh, 22 losses and three ties. Um, yeah, AM, I think they got this one. LSU is just trending down. Um, obviously, I know they have a coach who doesn't care who's pulling out the stops, but I don't think it matters in this one. I got AM winning 27 to 17. Jesse? Yeah, I agree with you. I If the LSU that played Bama shows up, it'll be a little closer. But if it's the one that played this past weekend, which I think it will be, not going to matter. Uh, these guys are just excited to get turkey. And I think Texas A&M <laughs> is going to win 28 to 17. I hear you with that one point difference. $1, Bob, $1. $1, $1, Bob. <laughs> Matt, what do you got? Yeah, Texas A&M is a better team here. I think that Ogeron would love a chance to go out a winner here, but I don't think it's going to happen. So, yeah, TAMU wins this thing 28-14. All right. Um, next, Kentucky at 8-3 and three at Louisville, 6-5. and five, The Governor's Cup. Um, that's at 7.30 on ESPN2. First meeting between these teams is in 1912. Um, these teams haven't played each other a ton, but uh, all-time leader is Kentucky 17-15, and 15, and the trophy is the Governor's Cup as we've mentioned. Um, I think, so interesting, Vegas has Louisville winning this game. Um, not sure why. I'm not sure where they're getting that from. Maybe just going off, you know, out of comparison of teams that they've played. I, I have no idea, honestly. Uh, but I don't agree. I'm going to say Kentucky pulls off the upset and wins 31-28. to Jesse, what you got? Yeah, I don't even feel right calling it an upset. I don't know where Vegas is getting that either. Right. I'm picking the Wildcats 31 to 17. All righty, Matt. I'm, I'm trying to wrap my brain around why Vegas is picking them too. Maybe is Lamar Jackson got some eligibility left? Is he, <laughs> is he, is he dressing back out for this one? Because I think they retired sucks. his number. Yeah, yeah they did uh, last week, I think. Uh, this is a Louisville team that's coming off a win against Duke, a big win against Duke and a fairly large win against Syracuse, but those teams aren't Kentucky, and we've seen Kentucky go this year. So, yeah, I'm going to stick with Kentucky as well. I'm going to say Kentucky wins this thing 28-10. to 10. It's just when I see stuff like that, I kind of have to stop and be like, wait, like, <laughs> do, do they? We don't. Exactly. That was my what thing. I was miss? like, what? what is going on here? Um, so, anyway, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um, and then, finally, we have Clemson at 8-3 and three at South Carolina, 6-5. and five. The Battle of the Palmetto State. That is on uh, SEC Network at 7.30 uh, on Saturday. First meeting was in 1896. Uh, Clemson leads the series 71-42 and 42 in four ties. And then this is my favorite part of every year, and it's that their, tro their trophy used to be the Hardys Trophy which existed from the 1980s to 2014. Now it's the Palmetto, Palmetto Trophy from 2015 to present. So it's a, a little more of a, of a proper uh, trophy for the, for between these two teams. But um, anyway, now this one would be an upset for SC to win 
And I don't know why. I mean, I'm just feeling crazy or whatever, but I am going with the upset here. I got South Carolina winning this one 24-21. to 21. Jesse? Wes, I have to agree with you on this one. I, after this past weekend, I'm just in it. And if I don't get the point, I don't get the point, and that is fine. But I'm going to pick the Gamecocks 27-24. to 24. So Jesse's crazy too. Matt, what do you got? So- Y'all are psychopaths. <laughs> You're crazy people. Because Clemson's having a down year, but it's still Clemson. So Clemson's going to win this thing. Um, I, I have zero faith in South Carolina right now. I know they're coming off a couple big wins, but it's Clemson. And even though they've struggled, I still think they got it. So Clemson, 28-24. Yeah. I was thinking, you know, yeah. I mean, Jesse, since you live over there, um, this would probably be the best one to go to because I was, yeah. I was just trying to think of, you know, any other year South Carolina doesn't have a chance, but if, if you were to pick one year to go to this one, it would, it would have been this year, I think. So I know. Uh, anyway, but yeah, so that, that does it for rivalry week. Um, excited to see how these games go. It's going to be an exciting uh, week's worth of games. Um, and uh, let's go ahead and do our, uh, our just for fun segment. And uh, in the theme of rivalries, if you could pick any rivalry game in the SEC to attend, excluding your own favorite team's game, uh, which one would it be? And then as a follow-up to that, which one outside of the conference would would you pick? Um, Jesse, what you got? So inside the conference, and just for this year, I think I want to go to the Egg Bowl. I think it's going to be a good one. I think all of, you know, all of that is Mike Leach, all that is Especially Lane Kiffin in one place, um, being on very equal playing field. I think the Egg Bowl would just be a really fun one to go to this year. And, you know, it's not too far from Tuscaloosa, so not wouldn't have been a far drive if I was in school. Yeah. And then outside of the conference? I've got to go Army-Navy. I've got to go Army Navy. It's always been on my list. Um, I used to work. The Army used to be a client of mine, and I I worked for them for like two years, and it was so much fun. We did so much work with their um, their higher education and and you know doing stuff for West Point, and so I think it would just be such a phenomenal, fun game. All of the pageantry, um, and. I mean, just so cool to go to and probably so different than any other atmosphere that I would ever get to go to. So definitely Army, Navy. I bet it would. Um, Matt, if you had to pick anyone in the SEC to attend besides your, your favorite team's rivalry, what it would be? Um, would it if, be? I, if I had to pick one in conference, probably Georgia, Florida would probably be the one I'd pick. Um, just because that one always seems to be a little crazy, a little wild. Uh, just depends on the year, not this year so much, but you know, in the past, that's always been a game that's been kind of, kind of. It's always been a good game, good competitive game. It just depends on the year, but yeah, that'd probably be the one I pick. Uh, out of conference, I think Oklahoma, Oklahoma State would be a lot of fun to attend. Um, it would be one I could wear orange and not be, you know, singled <laughs> out because I'd be, you could sit with the Oklahoma State people. But I've, I've, I have a couple Oklahoma friends. I have a couple Oklahoma State friends. They've told me that game tends to be a little nutty and crazy. So I'm down for it. Yeah. Bedlam sounds like fun. Okay. Um, yeah. I think inside the conference um, I'd probably go with the iron bowl um, just to attend in person. 
Jesse, you've been to an Iron Bowl in person, right? I've been to many Iron Bowls in yeah. person. My um, my last game as as a undergraduate was an Iron Bowl, um, and it's it was well at least at Bryant Denny, um, and it right. was the one where we mopped the floor with Auburn, um, and it was incredible. And it was also the one that caused them to ban Dixieland Light for a couple years. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I could just see, like, the obviously, I'm sure the feel of that game is different. Um, and also, it seems to just produce, like, insane plays and conclusions. <laughs> um, and I don't even just mean the, the kick six. I mean, just in general. It's just like... The game's always uh, sideways. Yeah. Um, outside of the conference, I... Like, um, I think I might have to go with Ohio State, Michigan. Um, Ooh. Or the game, as many within those fandoms nobody, refer to no, it. Nobody calls it the game. It's like say, the Ohio State University. Within those that. fandoms. Anyway, um, I feel like the game is, like, so hyped every year that um, that it's just one of those that you just w- would want to experience and would want to go to. Um, and especially, I think, being a fan of neither of them, I could probably just sit yeah. back and just enjoy it. So um, that would probably watch a lot of like fights, a lot of crying. Oh yes, a lot of yelling, and you just have no dog in the fight. You're like, this is so right, (laughs) exactly. Uh, Speaking, look at all this carnage. Speaking of rivalry games, a little sidebar here. Can we get back to calling it the Red River Shootout, please, and stop calling it the Red River Rivalry, which sounds awful. I want it to be the shootout. It makes more sense. I I can't even say that. Yeah. I was going to say, that's it's, Red it's a bit River of a challenge. Rivalry. Red River Rivalry. I thought Rivalry yeah, Week was difficult. Yeah. Red, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually pretty Red, impressed Red that you River got through shootout. that. Red yeah. River Shootout. Yeah. Just like it's the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm good Stop with that, Stop being too. so politically correct. It's ridiculous. And and this stuff's gonna gonna happen regardless of what you call it, right? So you know what you know what another uh, fun hopefully not a shootout. Conference. You know what I mean. <laughs> another another fun outside the conference rivalry game would be Harvard Yale. Yeah, oh, it'd be so cool fun. One. That'd be a great one. That is yeah. the game. I don't yeah. care about Ohio State. That's the game because everybody always knows what the Harvard Yale score is. Right, and a lot of those, um, yeah, uh, I'm with you like that. Uh, teams that aren't necessarily in the national championship conversation but there's just a ridiculous amount of history there um and super cool um so anyways so yeah i'm excited i'm excited for rivalry week and just getting to uh to watch all these um we appreciate you guys listening to us um if you would like to email us please do so at pigskinsandpageantry at gmail.com we are also on facebook at facebook.com slash pigskinsandpageantry we can be found on Twitter at PPSEC Podcast and Instagram at Pigskins and Pageantry. Don't forget we're available for download on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and other podcasting apps for iPhone, Android, and other operating systems. Um, if you enjoyed the show, we would love it if you take a moment and uh, hit the subscribe button and give us a review, five stars. We would love that and uh, really appreciate that. It would uh, uh, go go uh a long way to to share with others how awesome that you think we are (laughs) and then uh how we can get other people in the conversation as well we we love that um so yeah until next time lots of good games out there enjoy them have a good thanksgiving guys go dogs happy thanksgiving but we all know the real celebration should come on saturday so roll tide beat (laughs) auburn
Enjoy your turkey day, guys. And remember, go balls, crush Vandy.